This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on KWWJ.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on KYOKradio.org. KCOH 1230 AM, The Source. On San Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832 832- 2-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert. That's right. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're back with another episode. Thank you, studio audience. Another episode. And boy, I have a great guest. But before I go to my guest, I was at a funeral for a young man, very close friend of our families. And we went to the um, rosary, we're Catholic, and then we went to the St. Anne's for the mass or the funeral. And this song played. And of course, it, it sometimes plays during the Eucharist. Here I am, Lord. And when it plays during the Eucharist, of course, that's when you receive the body of Christ. Uh, it didn't quite have a meaning it normally has what the excuse me it doesn't normally have the meaning that it had to me at the funeral and i just thought it was beautiful and i wanted to share it with you houston and we'll hear it all in its entirety he says the lord i the lord of sea and sky i've heard my people cry all who dwell in the dark and sin my hand will save and then of course it goes i who made the stars of night i will make their darkness bright Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. It is I, Lord. I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Beautiful song. We'll play it in its entirety. And um, to the Avioli family and their family, um, we wish you, you know, just incredible love and support through this extraordinary difficult time to lose a young man you know, I don't think any parent is prepared to bury their child. I just don't think that's something that we think of as normal. And this was a young man who was incredible, gifted, gifted athlete. Kirby was his name. He was 31 years old and leaves a beautiful wife and a baby girl. But, of course, they will see him in heaven soon. So let's welcome my guest, Mr. Lorenzo Phillips Butler, Jr. Mr. Lorenzo Welcome to A Tip from Gilbert. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, uh, you go and turn that music off. Lorenzo, you are like the closest thing <laughs> to a historian of Houston. I mean, really, you, you are. And, I, and when we visited the other day when we talked, I just thought it was so interesting that I wanted you to share it with Houston. You had so many perspectives of black history, black media history, Black civil rights history, which is really American. It's not even black, right? It's American history. Correct. It's American civil rights. I even feel bad that you haven't said that. It's really American civil rights Correct. and American uh, uh, publication history and so forth. And, of course, you've been on – I was just going through your bio, and it's like, what board have you not been on, right? <laughs> Maybe we should go that way. You've been on every single incredible board there really is. So let us go back in time. When there was a young Lorenza. Did you think to yourself, one day I'm going to be in the publishing business? Because you are the publisher of Friedman's Publishing Company, which right. is one of the oldest publishing companies in America. Third oldest. Third oldest. 130 years. I mean, that's unbelievable. You say that like, it ain't nothing but a thing. But 130 <laughs> years, come on. That's, that's, I mean, that's amazing. Give, give us un- that history. It's unfortunate that other black entrepreneurs didn't have the legacy and didn't have the generational wealth to carry on. Because of course there were black businesses 200 years ago, but this is the consistent, oldest, continuous black published newspaper and radio station company 
west of the Mississippi since October of 1893. That's incredible. And I'm fortunately the fifth publisher in 130 years. Of the business? Of the business. Was your father in publishing? He was. And tell us about your father. I, you know, when you, when someone is taken from you, you don't get a chance to say goodbye. And unfortunately, my father had a fatal accident six weeks ago, and he succumbed to his injuries this past Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? We're saying a prayer for you. Thank you. I mean, uh, tell us about him. What, what, what was it like? So he, did he? I grew up. Tell us. Now, I got to tell you, uh, good things that we can say on radio. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you about black history, real life. So he grew up, he born in Brazoria County, of eight children. And he was raised in Fourth Ward. His mother and father were entrepreneurs. Now, I'm getting a little gray area there mm -hmm. because my grandmother operated House of Ill Repute. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather operated one of the first black cab companies. And so he, he would transport individuals from River Oaks to work and they would stop through the the bottles. That's incredible. In, Isn't that incredible? In way on the way home to their family. Isn't that incredible? And so my father was a taxi driver at 12 years old. And he went came, went to the Gregory School. His picture hangs in the Gregory School, went on to Lincoln, uh, then went on to Booker T. Washington. And his group of football players that were champions went on to Texas College. And the coach got fired. In fact, they named the field at Texas Southern after Coach Durley. But the Coach Durley recruited the whole football team back to Texas Southern. They set out a year, and then um, my father was the quarterback of the 1952 championship, the first time Texas Southern won a national championship. And he went on to serve in the Korean conflict. And then he came home and got his bachelor's of science and his master's. And he taught as an educator in Dickinson Independent School District. And then later on, he came to uh, the principal there, went on to be the, the vice chant, the ch uh, provost at ACC. And he, my dad was recruited uh, to come in as the athletic director of HCC. At the same time, he served at HISD at Lamar Fleming as the head coach, head track coach, athletic director. And he had many students, such as uh, Just the Peace, Wanda Adams was one of his students. No kidding. Yeah. And a number of athletes that have gone on to, and after he retired, he was the coach of the, of the Houston Gunners. That was HPD's and the uh, Sheriff's Department's football team. And unfortunately, uh, fortunately at the funeral this week, I'll show all those Super Bowl rings that they had for playing New York and LA. Wow. Yeah. Now, can you imagine if the walls of those, of the taxi cab could talk, <laughs> what it would know? Of, what the name. Can you imagine uh -huh. what it would know? <laughs> Yeah, that at the is, Houston Club. Yeah, yeah. that so, is such Some a, of the original members, probably. That's exactly right. <laughs> some of the original River Oaks members. Yes. Wow. Well, let me ask you this. Did he go in the publishing business, too? I went into publishing No, did business. your father? Yes. And so the way what happened was my father and my mother gave everything they could, both educators. They provided me in third, third ward, um, upper middle class, uh, upbringing, and I was fortunate as the only child to, you know, go to Catholic school, mm -hmm. Mount Carmel, and then went on to finish at Lamar early, and uh, um, I went off to 
I was the fourth generation at a historically black college called Wiley College in Marshall, Texas. And it's a United Methodist school. But my mother helped, helped raise me as Catholic. She was United Methodist and wanted me to convert back to what the family was. And United Methodist uh, schools at that time uh, had a one communications program among the six historically black colleges that had uh, that was United Methodist. And I was sent to Clark College, mm. now Clark Atlanta University. And I was the first student to graduate from the program. And I got my opportunity to uh, go on to Miller Brewing Company. Now, fortunately, going to Clark Atlanta University, then Clark College, that's seven historically black colleges at one time. And the unfortunately, middle class, working class, parents sent their kids to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I had, uh, you know, roommate Martin Luther King III. I had so many leaders of the t today that were in school at that time in Atlanta. Wow. And so I was very fortunate. You know, I was just a middle-class kid from Third Ward, Texas. But uh, these others had a lot of things going for them, and I just rode the wave. Wow. I got in where I could fit in. Yeah. And what was it like talking to Mar So Martin Luther King III, you knew him? Yes, I know him. Yeah, yeah well, you know him. What's Commissioner. It, yeah, yeah, what is the – uh, does he ever talk about his father? Dexter did, the, the younger brother. Uh, everybody holds their parents differently. And I got a chance to always sit with Coretta. And part of being a member of the same fraternity of, of Alpha Phi Alpha that Martin Luther King Jr. was, that was a responsibility. I had the responsibility of taking Papa King mm -hmm. around to the different public functions. You know, at that time, Coretta was fighting to get support of the Martin Luther King Center. They were fighting to get support for Martin Luther King Day. And I happened to be instrumental in being uh, involved with all that. I went on to work for Middle Brewing Company. And Jesse, I got involved with Jesse's son. He was always coming Jesse down. Jackson? Yes. Jesse Jr. would always come down to Atlanta. And so my, my other roommate uh, went on to be, was a protege of Jesse. And so I got a chance to really be involved with the Jackson family. So when I moved to D.C. over a region for Middle Brewing Company uh, of college marketing, uh, Miller would always give me, I'm the youngest guy in the office at 20. And so I would go to all the functions in D.C. And me and little Jesse and his daughter, uh, who had just started going to Howard, we would be the three youngsters in the room. So we got a chance to meet all these national black civil rights. Wow. Uh, at the opportunity. Did you the 1% of the 1%. Did you realize at the time what historical figures they were? Or were you so young, you're just like, oh, there's uh, John Lewis, or there's, you know. Well, but did you know that these are I, they're giants? Yes and no. As I've grown older, I realize that many of the young people today have no clue of how they are so better off by these guys who were maturing into what they became, you know, in segregation, in, in integration. You know, my one person on my floor was the great Dorothy Hyde. Many wouldn't know Dorothy. Dorothy was the protege of Mary Cloud Bethune, and she had the National Council of Negro Women. Above me was my fraternity brother on the top floor, um, uh, Tony Brown, the longest-running black commentator on PBS. Jesse, also Jackson Sr., when he was in town from Chicago, stayed in the building. 
and we were right there on the waterfront. Go straight up 7th Street to Holland University, the historically, at that time, the largest historically black college. So D.C. is a fascinating place, full of history of my race and others. That is so amazing. And so tell me more about your dad. So he went into the publishing business. Did you know when you were born, and when you, when we, what age did you know, I'm going to go into the publishing business? I had no clue. I, I, <laughs> I in the high school, in Third Ward, we had a student union. So when you went to Capitol School, you had the BSU. And so many of us at the Strait, St. Thomas, and the Connor Word, yep. St. Agnes, Mount Carmel, um, we decided to start the neighborhood student union. And I was the editor. And so that started my journalism. You were already raising hell. <laughs> you, were al you were already doing it. Yeah. I don't know if I can say hell on the radio, but well, uh, uh, you, know, you were already you raising cane. <laughs> yeah, so... And so I wrote the, the what was going on in, in Third Ward, which is is the neighborhood uh, typically known as Texas Southern is, and where U of H is. And so, did your father ever tell you about the Korean conflict when he got home? Did he ever tell he, you oh what he God. saw? You know, I was fortunate. I was very fortunate. The past year, Daddy wanted everybody to know black history. So I would take him to certain black churches where he wanted to speak. He wanted to tell people about his time in Austria and how uh, Mussolini did. They announced blacks were going to go to Italy and how Mussolini didn't want that to happen. And so it was all across America's press you know, blacks being kicked out of Italy. But that was that at that time. And so this is now, now this is after World War II, but you know, this was uh, in the Korean conflict in the early 50s. And did he uh, talk about the conflict? I mean, did he, did he have, you know, in many ways we went there the, the 58 he, parallel was drawn, et cetera, and it's kind of so like... he was not fortunate to go to Korea. I see. His black regiment was segregated to Austria and then sent to Italy. And I believe during that president, that's when the uh, armed forces was integrated. And what was it like, Did he, has he talked about being in the service... What is it like being oh, he segregated? Loved, he loved being in the service because it, it was it was his football team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they went from Houston, Fort Ford, to Tyler, Texas, to Texas College, came back to Houston, and then went off to uh, um, various parts of Europe. And his and he had a lot of his Houston, Fort Ford compadres. And served with him. Boy, they saw, they they saw the world, didn't they? Yes, they did. He saw the world. Yes, long before I got yeah, a yes. to get there. And so, when you went, to, how hard is the publishing business now? Very hard. Yeah, because everyone thinks about now. I'm one of those old school guys where I like to sit on the weekend and read my newspaper. Mm -hmm. I don't drink coffee, but I I just imagine people drink coffee with my cup of coffee. I mean, I I like to just read the paper and relax, and I like having a the paper, um, but a lot of young people today, you well, know, they, they, they don't really know about print. Now, let's go back to history. You realize there was the print media, and then radio came along. Mm -hmm. And the only ones that could afford to invest in radio were newspapers. Then television came along. The only one that could afford to invest in television were newspapers. Now, as generations, and a good example right here in Houston, the, the owners of the Chronicle, which went on to have the uh, Texas Commerce Bank, uh, Channel 13, the radio station, uh, KTRK, you know, you look at the Hobby family that had the Houston Post, KPRC, 
the radio station KPRC. The as the the Mr. Jesse uh, Jones, Jesse didn't have no children, and that's why it became the Houston Endowment. The Hobby family had generations that followed, and that is the model of what happened around the United States. As the elders that rode the boom of the newspapers in the 20s and 30s and 40s, as their children took over, the squabbles happened. That's what happened here in Houston. As newspapers, as the newspaper grew, like the black church, when one got mad at you, you started a new newspaper. Hold that thought for a second. We have a caller. Um, is there an Ernie on the line? Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Er Ernie, how are you? You got me, Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert, Talk Inspiration and Prayer, with Mr. Lorenza Butler, Jr. What do you got there, Ernie? I'm so excited to hear much of the conversation, especially as it relates to education about black history, because when you talk about the high schools and the controversy of what is being taught, what you said earlier was so critical. When you talked about uh, black history education, I know that in my school, I went to Encarnate Word Academy, and we did have a social um, education specifically titled Black History. And we also had a black history uh, organization, and I was a part of it. And I think that Gilbert represents a lot of that same effort where he helps Baker's Homes, he looks at education for youth. And so I want to applaud you for coming on today and expressing the importance of that education and how it affects the news media. Well, thank you, Ernie, for that. You know, my own view is, uh, and of course that's addressed to you, my friend. My own view is, you know, when you think about it, we really should, I don't know, maybe it's just me. We shouldn't even really call it black history. It's American history. And we should celebrate it as part of our American heritage. And ultimately, all this, you know, critical race theory, they're missing the point. The Truly point are. is, they're missing the point. Truly. It's really about history that what made this country, and some of it is stuff that is hard to hear, but we need to learn from it. And that way things don't happen again. We don't make the same missteps. What, am I right or am I wrong? They, they spoke about that on CBS this morning, about how hard, how do you deal with Harry Tubman and you don't refer to what she did. Right. They, they were referring to Florida and it was some educators. And so that is above my pay grade, but my point is it's our history. Yep. And I'm here to tell it. It's our history. Ernie, that is so great. What else you got for us, Ernie? That's excellent what you're saying what both of you are saying and I just want to urge him to continue to communicate the importance of education of all levels of education and I agree with y'all of the American history. It's important. Thank you. Thank you, Ernie. Thank you for calling in to a tip from Gilbert Talk Inspiration and Prayer. And let us come back because I think the key is um, you know, they, they say that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Mm, that's interesting. And there's similarities. I think Mark Twain said that. Okay. Uh, I know I didn't say that, but I'm repeating someone who said it. Mm. Um, and so let's go back for a second, because in many ways, when you think of these giants, and I do want to go to the, you didn't use this word, but squabbles or disagreements and papers and how things happen. I want to go yeah. through that. Um, but when you think about all these titans in history um, and all the things they went through, I wonder what they would say today when they see that we're going, I'm going to say it, backwards with voting rights, all these sorts. I wonder what they would say if they would say, wake up, everyone. Let's, you know, because these are people who were beaten, killed, Correct. arrested. I have no for us to have the right to vote uh, and know, all the other things we enjoy every day well I was 20 years old when I did my first march okay um, my fraternity brother uh, mentor 
Tony Brown, from Tony Brown. He wanted to save black colleges. And he had a march on Washington. And he encouraged all historically, at that time, a couple hundred black colleges come to D.C. And so we geared up in my senior year to march on Washington. And that was my first real opportunity to understand how to network, how to coordinate, and to get 30,000 college kids. And that was at the end of Carter's uh, administration. In fact, that's why it's a, it's a few black Republicans, because Ronald Reagan was the only president, instead of Carter coming out to march with the, uh, the students. Okay, and that was duly noted in my generation. 1981, Ronald Reagan, the actor, came and marched with 30,000 college kids. Is that right? Yes, and that's a piece of history that is little known. Wow. Did you know it came out that, um, I don't recall exactly, but, but that, uh, I think it was either Barnes or Connolly's son that came out and said, admitted, that they had gone to the Middle East, it was in the paper today, Correct. gone to the Middle East and were talking to the Iran government to hold the hostage back, hostages, and, uh, and, 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 and to just hold them back in the effort of hurting the Carter re-election campaign. Can you imagine that? No, I know that. That's a fact. That is a true fact that's been the, what was done. Reagan folk may have never had nothing to do with that, but that was a Texan. That was a Texan that did that. Okay, Texans go down in history and around the world. Can you imagine that? That is just had that, that not sound happened, like a Texan. Yeah, had that it's, not happened. Yes. Who knows what would have happened? Oh my God. I mean, really, uh, two, all kinds of things. Two, could, two administrations of Jimmy Carter. Yep. All kinds of things, you know, and Jimmy Carter now, though, is really probably one of the most revered Correct. presidents. Nobody understood that in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, because he's just such a wonderful man, a great humanitarian. Um, he was brilliant. Um, you know, when people think, oh, he's a peanut farmer. No, he, the guy was like a scientist, right? He's like a nuclear scientist or something. <laughs> I went to from school Naval in Academy. Georgia. Oh, I went, you know, then you Atlanta, know. Atlanta, yeah. Everybody knew about Jimmy Carter now. You yeah. Know, you know, I was in college when he was in office, but I, I remember. We have another call, so hang on. Uh, do we have a Pastor Wooten? Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Pastor Wooten, you got me, Gilbert. A tip from Gilbert: Talk his precious <laughs> prayer with with your good friend, Mr. Lorenza Butler Jr. Um, right. Tell us about. I mean, Pastor, you were around in those times, right? I mean, right. what 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 do you remember about? I don't know, difficult times and here in Houston. And um, if if our forefathers who suffered and fought the good fight, the civil rights movement, if they were alive today, have you ever thought about what they would say? Well, I would, I would think that, for us, i tell you what, I can, I can reflect back. I can tell you what I feel. Now I feel somewhat disillusioned about, about our, our, some of our leadership. I feel disillusioned about it. I feel like some of the things our people and what we are, we haven't advanced to a level where we should be. I feel like for as our child's educational system, law enforcement, I'm talking about jobs, our communities, it's all set back. We'll be looking at now where people, we even have minorities in positions. We still got people coming in, want to take our communities back, communities that's been there for 75, 100 years. And you want to take them back and put high rises in them. And, and, and we got people that minorities in positions that's allowing that to happen. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Lawrence. I got to say this. Uh, it is a pleasure talking to you, Pastor. Uh, my father served on the Constable Wooden. Is that right? My father also uh, uh, was going up the hierarchy 
uh, after we got out of the beer business, and that's a separate story, so you can, you can mm-hmm. understand this. But my father ended up, uh, thanks to Wooten, uh, in getting into um, the sheriff, way he rose up the sheriff's ladder. And I used to call, uh, because the pastor has a brother, or has family, that are, are wardens in Brazoria County. Wow. And so my father, his family influenced my father uh, because the kids used to call my dad in third ward, Wharton. Wow. Because he was a leader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a leader. So, so I grew up as a kid that your dad is a Wharton. <laughs> wow. Pastor Wood, did you know that? Did you know all that? No. No. What, what great history. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's like people, we're all connected somehow. Right. We really are. And, you know, going back to what you said, Pastor Wood, you know, there were a lot of leaders, people in our own minority community leaders, that signed off on this law that gave the state the power to take over schools. And here we are, they're taking over the school, and now everybody's wondering, well, how did that happen? Well, well it's happened because it happened. We don't have Craig Washingtons and Mickey Leland's, and, right. and, and we don't have people. Uh, ben Rearsons and all these people uh, under that leadership, this stuff would never have happened. What? This would never have gone down. And the fact is, is because we we have a void in leadership. And, and and then I think also too is that it too. So I, I, I've said our minister, our ministers, uh, we we haven't taken God out to the forefront like we should be. And God told us to lead His people. The shepherd is flock. Yep. It'll be leadership. And so we haven't done a lot that we should do. And Pat, so we got to be the only got to be on us also. Pastor, now I'm going to yeah. say this. Where is corporate Houston on mm-hmm. this? Because mm-hmm. when I go to the Greater Houston Partnership, the, you, we won't be able to attract new companies to come to Houston because you have an issue with the workforce. All of a sudden you get HISD in this this mark against it. All of a sudden you put every corporation that's here already corporately based has to tell their peers, yeah, we have an issue with the talent mm-hmm. in Houston. So you may have corporations want to move out of Houston. We have to think of this larger than us fighting against each other. We have an issue about work. We have a junior college system. These young people need to get into the eight junior colleges in the region, or they need to get educated at our great universities. And you all of a sudden cut them off at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I went to a school system that is secondary. Right. Okay. Subpar. Yes. And do I think I'm going to get, I'm part of a group that's going to give out 100,000 to 100 young people. The Greater Houston Martin, the Greater Houston Frontiers Club that does the Martin Luther King Scholarship. Well, you also talking talking bad to Houstonians. You know, I am a product of Lamar High School. I went to Mount Carmel, but I went to Lamar. So does that say something to colleges out of the state that these young people applying or coming from secondary right, school? Right, right. I mean, do, well, do I think I can now go to a Harvard? or Yale because I came out of public schools in, in Houston. Houston. Well, think of and this. And that's a mentality yeah. and th- situation. Think of this, uh, Mr. Butler, and think of this, uh, Pastor. You know, what are you saying to these kids when they're taken over by the state? You're telling the kids, your school's lousy. Correct. Your school's lousy. I mean, and these kids, they're not, you know, they're learning. They Self-esteem is important. It's it's part of growing up as a as a human being, and I don't know. It just 
here's another thing, but I keep thinking about the leaders who put up this law and now they're wondering, and some of them are the same leaders that are barking about the state taking it over. It's like, wait a minute, you voted for the law. And, and continuing for a second, uh, I, I was doing some research because I had the president of the school board, Pastor Wooten, on my show, Ms. Danny uh, Hernandez. And um, what we discovered in talking was, uh, number one, um, the amount of money spent mm-hmm. per pupil in America is a little over $12,000. That's how much is spent in the public school system in America per pupil. One through 12. Right. Approximately 12000 okay. per pupil each year. Okay. In the state of Texas, we spend a little over 10000 So already that's 20% less. We're right at 10000 per pupil. Are you ready for this? Houston is at 9000 So wow. not only is Texas below everybody else, we're below everybody in Texas. And so it doesn't take a genius to say, you know what? Money is not necessarily the answer to everything. But you cannot find the answer without more resources and more money, whether it's schools, uh, whether it's the teachers, whether it's resources, all of those things. I'm praying that our people will prevail. I went into historically black colleges 40 years ago. I mean, excuse me, 40 years ago, historically black colleges didn't have all the great PR. Mm-hmm. as they have today. And I want these HISD students to prevail because the forecast is five to six to eight years before it returns to the people. Well, you and know, that is a shame. So you're going to have this over uh, uh, these kids' head, the, the current generation, like you had the COVID kids. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden in eight years I come from the, the state runs yeah. my school system. What are you talking about? Your state runs, uh, H, uh, I'm the, might as well be the state, Houston State <coughs> Independent School That's District. A, and all you no, do is- No, Houston, Houston State School District. Yep, and all you read is negative, negative, negative in the paper. I want to give Pastor Wooten a second there because Pastor Wooten, what, I know you wanted to say something. Go ahead, tell us, what do you got? But I just think that under, under, under uh, Dr. Max Miller, we've been out, in the middle of this thing. And, and I'm just a little dis, disillusioned about the, the, the whole process. But we as adults, if the onus is on us to take the leadership. We have failed our children. We have failed. We have failed our children by the for the leadership that we have put in office. We have failed our children for the people that they hire there. We fulfill our children from our lack of response for us, their mothers and fathers. We have we have not gotten out and and marched and did the thing that we need to do. Attend meeting, the board meetings, and there and speak up. You don't have to have someone that to speak up for you. That's your children. You need to be that speaking up. That's right. You need to be accounted for. You need because hey, it's death because right now as minorities, we are already underdogs. We are always already they already at the lower level. They don't want to bring us up. They don't want to hold us down. So the fact is that when you come from a, a school district that's going to be suffering from these type of inadequacies, you're not going to be able to get a job. Major schools, universities, not going to bring you in because you're substandard. Well, so this is a lot of well, things that they state, and this is important for us to get involved. Before you say what you're going to say, uh, Mr. Butler and Pastor, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because I want to throw another stat at you that's going to burn you up. That's going to burn you up. I just know it. Which is, so when this president of the school board was here, so I just outlined, we're not spending the money. We just outlined that the state took it over. Are you ready for this? About 70, 75% of the schools, the students in HISD are black and Hispanic. Those are our kids, and they're the ones who need the help the most. That's right. So, Go ahead, Mr. Butler, first, and then we'll come back to you, Pastor. So I want to say on your show that if you're a parent listening, a grandparent listening, go to ghfrontiers.com. 
have your grandchild, your son, daughter, apply for $1,000. That is least some money. And the you must do it by the end of March. Go to Greater Houston Frontiers and put my name on the application. That way, I'll be able to sign off. And they'll know they they heard that they, they heard, heard you on, yeah. on the show. Gilbert Andrew Garcia's radio show. That's right. And so I am part of the Frontiers, and I will make sure the students today get help get that scholarship. That is beautiful. Now, you've got to write an essay. One of the issues that we have had, we have had hundreds of students last year to apply. We couldn't give them a scholarship because our kids are not taught how to write essays. Mm -hmm. So please, we have instructions now to help you write your essay. Amen. Okay. Amen. Pastor Wood, I'm going to come back to you real quick. So so what do you think of that? I mean, my view is this. I mean, if you've got 70, 75% black and Hispanic kids, and if you already know that it's the black and Hispanic community that is the one that is sort of um, the most left out of the wealth creation in this country, and that is the ones left out of sort of, you know, good-paying jobs, high-paying jobs, wealth creation, et cetera, et cetera, it's just getting worse. What am I well, missing, God, Pastor Wooten? Isn't that obvious? Well, God, God, it, it, obvious. God helped those the least thereof. God is concerned about the those who the low, dis, disenfranchised, the poor, the sick and afflicted, the elderly. God is concerned about that. Jesus spoke about it all the time, all throughout the Bible. He's always spoken to address. That's what he, his purpose was, for the least thereof. And the fact is that we, we we have to quit electing people in office that's not going to address those issues for us. It's not going to uh, address the issues for our neighborhoods, our children, the sick, the poor. We got people that don't, can't even go to, have never gone to the doctors and because they don't know how to get to doctors. They got they got programs out there that's that's geared for them, but they don't know anything about it. But we don't have problems. But you go in Memorial and all those areas, everybody's going because they know about it. Well, you know what I'm saying is the thing is that we have to be, the onus is on us as a people, as the churches and as the preachers, as the, as the lawyers and teachers and things of that nature. We, as the parents, we have to get involved. Well, let me. T- and, 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 and our children depending on us. Well, let me tell you one other one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn you all up again. Because here we are. Everybody knows I'm in the markets. That's what I do for a living. And uh-huh. all of a sudden, there's all these banks being bailed out again. And you know something? Would they be bailing out Unity Bank? Would they would they would they be bailing out a bank that's one of no, our no, no, and, and we had no. minority depositors? Would they be bailing out? Am I right? No, no, I mean, come no, on, can no. I get an amen on that? I mean, let's. Amen, I mean, and it's amen. like, where is this coming from? And here's the other thing too, you know, they raised the deposit insurance. It used to be a hundred thousand, which means if a bank failed, you were protected up to a hundred thousand. And then with all the Lehman crisis, the great financial crisis, they raised it to 250. Well, now they've saved all the deposits of these banks. Some people had 10, 20 million dollars in the bank. And my view is, you know something? Um, if you have $250,000 in the bank, you're a sophisticated investor. Am I right? Because how many people in our community Correct. have $250,000? We were just here with uh, Dr. Kleinberg. And in the survey, they asked Houstonians, if you had an emergency of four hundred dollars, um, could you come up with that money? And all, more than half said no. they couldn't come up with it. They would lose their home. So I'm thinking to myself, and you're worried about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, you're a sophisticated investor. You should have had it elsewhere. You know what you're doing. That's exactly right. And so, you know, we're bailing out folks that already have significant resources, and then we don't want to bail out these students that just need to pay off their student loans because they're in such debt. I mean, something just doesn't add up. And some people just got to just gotta call it out. 
So I guess I'm going to do it. I'm going to call it out. <laughs> it, 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 Pastor Wood, am I right? Hey, I'm getting going Pastor, here, Pastor. You got, to, you, got, you got to call them out. You have to. I mean. Let me tell you something. The onus is, the onus is on the parents. The onus is on the people that's in positions. That's to right. To let the people know. To come back and let the people know what's, what's going on. If you people such as yourself, Gibbs, that's out there now and is in need for, for positions now, they got the companies and things. If your the onus on you to come back and let us know. Tell the people we look for the guidance and stuff. You out there because you know where it is. You can you can lead us well, because we have people. We have people out here now that's in office now. Don't only worry about lining their own pockets. Yeah, we and need. So this. I'm saying, that, and so we need is about about people that's going to be thinking about people what God says, think about the least thereof. The least thereof. The, the least thereof. And that's what he was here about. He was here about the poor, the rich. He thought about them, but he was there for the poor. Amen. The downtrodden, the disinfected. He was in there for them. They, he get, he was there for that fight. That was his fight was about. The one, the poor, and, and the, the people that, that didn't know, that didn't have a, understand, not the rich. He didn't worry about the rich. Well, Pastor, he, he said, he said, he said, he said they were. Matter of fact, the rich will have a hard time getting into heaven. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have you back on my show because you and I need to go at it. I, that's what I think. We've got to, yeah. because we, you know what, we're 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 cut for the same claw. We have a lot of other callers here, Pastor. But thank you for calling in, and I'll call you later All on. Right. Thank All you, right, my friend. You. As always. Um, you're very popular right now. I don't know. We, I think we got the, some people going here. We have a, let me see. Was it an Alex or was it an Alejandro? Alex. Alex, are you there? Alex. Can you hear me, Alex? Hi, good morning. Alex, talk to me. What do you got? This is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're talking about all kinds of things. And, you know, I don't know if we're getting fired up or we're getting burned up or what, but at the end of the day, it's getting hot. It's here. getting hot. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm fired up. I'm right there with you. I mean, uh, talk to us. And I actually, what, I have a, a question or kind of just to see, you know, a lot of the youth nowadays, they're just feeling very unmotivated or just they they have lack of representation so what would you say to them to kind of fire them up and keep their hopes up and just keep them fighting every day jesse jackson would say keep hope alive i think just somebody say get off of your rear end and get out there this is your world this is your life right. this is your country get out there and make your voice heard because i've seen the reverend you know he's i mean he he's full of energy well, we, you know, I think part of the but keep hope alive. Correct. I believe when someone in the ad agency branded the X generation, we start calling the you know different generations something that Z generation. I they need to make their own statements. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to be given to you. Yes, there's the trophy-winning uh, ribbon kids, but in life, nothing is given; it's taken. That's and taken. Anybody that wants, we look. On, I wake up and because I'm in media, I see news all day long, and news is troubling because it's hard news, not soft news. These young folk who are dropouts for some reason drop out. They are snatching and grabbing. Every every morning we see the bullets. You know, we're only in the fourth largest city. I don't know, it, it, but it, we're only 5,000 cops. You know, um, uh, peace officers versus larger cities that have 30,000. Mm -hmm. You know, I've lived in Chicago, you know, I've lived in D.C., I lived in Atlanta, I lived in Tampa, lived in San Antonio, El Paso. So I've seen other markets, and everybody's different, and we got to get a hold of, we got to take care of our own here in Houston. Well, Alex, I, I think he's right, and I think, Alex, um, I think the main thing I would say 
is get involved. And you know, it's easy. The very simple thing, at least, register to vote, just know a little bit about the issues, and make your voice heard and vote. That's the beginning, and that's the beginning of empowerment. And start asking questions. Why is that? Why is this? Why is this going on? And sometimes you're going to see that the smartest guys in the room aren't that smart, and they're not any different than you are. So you know what? I hope you grow up, and I don't know where you are in your life, millennial or Z or what's what's all those letters. At the end of the day, you go out there and change things. Be the change you want to see in the world, Alex. A closed mouth won't get fed. A closed mouth won't get fed. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm feeling fired up on this Monday morning now. All Let's right. go. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Let's get the next one here. Thank you, Alex. Is there Alejandro? Our producer's going to send... I think we got two calls here on hold. Is there Alejandro? Alejandro. There we go. Hello? Yes, sir. You got me, Gilbert Garcia. <laughs> A tip from Gilbert, Talk Inspiration Prayer. What do you got? Hello, Gilbert. Hello, Mr. Butler. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. I was just calling because all this change, talk about change, uh, uh, got me thinking about uh, a recent newspaper. I don't know if you've if you had a chance to look at it, but apparently uh, Gilbert is, is filing for mayor, and uh, I'm not sure if this is something you talked about today. <laughs> and uh, now, you the, sound you sound young. Uh, tell me oh, what. Oh yes. You read and you read a newspaper. Uh, I'll admit I, I mostly see the the headlines on Twitter, but every now and then. Okay. On Twitter. Okay. Okay. I just I, just, <laughs> I was catching the well, voice. With but you know what? I I have filed. So Houston, the cat's out of the bag as of just now. Um, I filed for mayor. I'm going to have an episode to talk about that. Thank you, studio audience. Because you know what? I see these issues, and you know what? Remember that movie Network? I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to okay. take it anymore. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, I don't want to see any more FBI investigations here and there, and I don't want the state to take over anything else, and I don't want to see any more indictments and this and people wearing wires. I don't want to be fighting with the firefighters. We should be working and embracing those firefighters. Great. And I don't want to see any more of these contracts at the airport. I mean, my goodness. Uh, let's have a clean procurement to just let the best thing happen. So that is why I filed, Lorenzo. What, what's wrong with me? Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. We're going to shake it up. You, you know, we're going to shake it up. That's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to shake it up. You it know, needs some shaking up. I, and congratulations. Sir. Thank you. Now, since I well, know, I just want to let you know, you know, I lived in San Antonio. I lived under the great uh, Henry Cisneros. Okay, and guess what? He ran a great city. I was 27 years old with 18 jack in the boxes. Cisneros gave me the money so I wouldn't have to fire all my employees because it was corporately owned. And he went to the state and got the money so I could keep 600 and some employees. Wow. Okay? Wow. That was on the Hispanic mayor. Mm-hmm which you need. That's what we need. We need to work together and we need to build up our minority-owned and women-owned businesses. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, we have a black mayor. Yes. And we, we have been doing great these eight years. And I was here, I, I moved away, but I was here under Lee Brown. We haven't had a Hispanic mayor. Have no, we? we have not. In the history of the city. Correct me if I'm wrong. No. I'm in sales. But... The majority of Harris County and the city of Houston is... The city of Houston is, is now right at 50% Hispanic. Okay. It's time. My okay. goodness. It's now, I'm a publisher, yeah. so you're going to come in front of my editorial I, board I, I, amen on for August that. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I'll be ready. Okay. I, along with 50 other people who are running for council. And, Amen. And you know what? I hope they scrub us all down. Okay. Uh, Alejandro, I really appreciate you. What else you got for Mr. Butler here? Uh, well, I just wanted to but say, I appreciate you uh, mentioning uh, all that there, my friend. No, of course. I, I just wanted to ask what's the best way to show support. I know I'm spreading the word as much as I can. But vote. I, you got my vote, definitely. But uh, anything else that I can do to get involved with my community and, and uh, support? Well, I think most of all, there'll be always a time to 
support me or other candidates and find your way. I think right now the most important thing is stay involved, Engage. stay current, read stay things engaged. about the city. Uh, I'm not going to try to tell you to vote this way, that way, but the point is vote. Register and vote. Mm -hmm. Because my mama said, you know, if you don't vote, don't complain. Right. Uh, Alejandro, thank you for being on the air with us. I'm going to get one more caller in. Thank you all. Go Cougs. There you go. There you go. Go Cougs. Is there a Maria there? Maria. Loster? Maria, Maria. All right, we lost Maria. That's okay. So, Lorenzo, you know what? I mean, it's hard to believe. Are you ready for this? Our hour's over. Wow. Just like that. Only in America. And when you first came here, you thought, well, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and you know what? It flew. Yes. And that's the beauty of having this dialogue. That's the beauty of having the knowledge that you have. As a former black member of the National Association of Black-Owned Broadcasters, I thank you, I thank yes. you for having this show on several former and current African-American radio stations. I grew up with the, with the owners of KCOH, the owners of KYLK, who gave me a scholarship to go to college, and KWW, the great Bishop Martin. So, thank you. Thank you. And as an operator of... <laughs> As an operator of Hispanic radio stations, I thank your support. Well, that's kind of you. I think um, what motivated me about two years or so ago, uh, actually it really goes back to um, Michael Harris, who has his show. You know Michael. Michael has his show. And he said to me, Gilbert, I'm trying to diversify, and why don't you join me on my show? Right. And as I was doing it, I thought to myself, well, I may as well brand my own show. And then I started with one station, then went to two, then went to three. Now we're on five. Correct. And, uh, and you know what? I really love doing it. And I try to focus on the inspiration side. Sort of, I, There's sort of a spiritual side to it all. But I also like to have people to bring in history. And even when I have political people, like I had uh, Kim Og. We didn't focus. We, it was about education. We focused on what does the grand jury system do? Wow. And what does it mean? And there's the DA telling Houston how it all works. Right. Beautiful, beautiful thing. We have Maria here. Maria, go ahead, Maria. I want to get you in. Hey, before. Gilbert. How you doing? I am well. I want to get you in. Well, I'm just calling uh, because you are so right. Both of you are so right in, you know, in regards of a stronger we're together and we cannot see differences. I grew up... Uh, part of my life in Galena Park. I went to Galena Park, uh, ISD. I now, and you know, Galena Park in Galena Manor, you know, so I, I literally grew up with African-American people and I never saw a difference because I grew up knowing that we all have two eyes, one nose, one mouth. I mean, there's no difference. The only difference that we may have is drinking different water because it's just the branding, you know, but we all <laughs> drink water and we all need oxygen and we learned during pandemia uh the oxygen was the most valuable thing in this world amen right? so that's how that's how we learn so i work for galena park isd and i live very close channel view area in Sheldon area so i'm not even part of hisd but i'm a biggest supporter together we're stronger and we have to connect and we have to enlighten we have to educate we have to empower we have to engage with our communities and supporting each other and uh yes thank god you have a uh, demi uh hernandez uh hisd uh, president uh in your show and i'm inviting i'm gonna take advantage of your audience uh it's an alliance is having a meeting coming up uh next saturday at 9 30 at the ev cape center where we are going to have uh, amazing speaker, Stacy Childs, uh, Danny Hernandez. We are going to have uh, Christina Morales. Uh, we're going to have Jackie Anderson from uh, Houston Federation of Teachers. Just go so, back. I, I want to go to that. So it's it's this Saturday at the East End yes. on, at 9.30 and where again? It's going to be at the EB Cape Center. Right. And are you going to talk about um, the whole HISD yes, situation? Correct. Correct. Yeah, the HIV taking over. Yeah. What a great service. We need more of that. I thank you and salute you for that because that's the only way 
parents and families and citizens are going to get the right answers of what's going on. That is so great. Well, I'm going to give you a last word here. Uh, What do you want to say to Houston right now, Maria? Uh, Stronger. Together, we're stronger. We have to connect with people. We have to to give a positive advice. And like I say, you know, like I am not even part of HISD. I never worked for HISD, but I'm here supporting HISD because together we can make a difference. Amen. Maria, thank you for joining the show. I sure hope you come you uh, come again. And Saturday, I think I'm going to New York Friday. I got to see what time I'm getting back. It's 9.30 to win. Okay. Uh, Lorenzo, you've been a prince. Thank you for being on the show. I think we're going to be off radio here in about a minute or two. What do you want to say to Houston on the radio? Serving without fear or favor since 1893. Support the Houston Informer Foundation. You go to that.org and you see black history for the last 130 years. Be a part of the past and be a part of the present because together we can go to the future. Together. Amen. And make it a better future for all. I love that. What if that, I mean, come on. Is that good? Give me an amen. Give me an amen. Holy cow. Uh, let me know when we're off radio, which is probably right about now. All right. All right, social media. So, Lorenzo, you're going to be looking in that camera, okay. and I'm going to I'm look going straight to camera. Mm-hmm. And let me just say... Uh, Aaron, make sure you get the computer ready. Please. Yeah, this was a, a really fun show for me, and I enjoyed all the callers in. And again, all callers in, please call in, and you can call in anytime. I'll remind you, at 832-570-8075. I didn't need to say it during the show because we had a lot of callers. And, of course, we are on every Monday from 11 to 12 on KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus. Jesus. And that's 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. We're on KYOK, the legendary KYOK, at 1140 AM. We're on KCOH, the source. On 1230 AM, Aliento Radio, 1540 AM, 101.7 FM. And Sangeet Radio, 95.1 FM, 1460 a.m. And I want to thank all my social media folks. I'm, I'm on all the social media stuff. You know what it means. Like me, all those things. Uh, thumbs up me. Respond. You know, let's keep it all going. And uh, Mr. Lorenza has been in the publishing business really For 30 years. His, his, most of his adult life. Yes. And it was in his family's business. And it's more than just a business. I mean, it's like a... Um, like a mission from god to keep it open keep it going keep spreading the word because you know the chronicle's not going to cover these things i mean they're just not community newspapers have always had a place um it was where church events fraternities sororities local clubs um the disputes in the neighborhood would be put on the headlines, the cut lines, the photographs. You can't get uh, a baptism of uh, your niece in the Chronicle. They just, just don't have it. They serve a huge community. But the ethnic papers, the Asian, the Hispanic, uh, the African American, they report what's in the community and what's important reading the headlines, looking at the photographs, that is where you can get history. When I went back to do research about my father's funeral, I went back to the early 50s yearbooks and the newspaper uh, to, to see other pictures I could use. And so it is very important what you're doing here, uh, Gilbert, Andrew Garcia, because you, you're letting our community 
hear something that won't be on ABC tonight. That's right. Or CBS. Okay? So that's how I made my beginning on community radio stations in different markets. El Paso, you know, Chicago, Gary, Indiana, Houston, you know. So I applaud your support because without, and that's what I just did with our 130th uh, stepping back in time. We at the city hall, we, we work with the mayor's office and culture affairs and business opportunity for 40 days. We showed the advertisers, individuals like yourself, that advertised with the newspaper in 1893, in 1920, in 19, in the 50s. And we get about to have Black Expo at the George R. Brown in, in the last part of May, and we're going we're gonna to bring out the advertisers that helped Houston Former in the 60s and <coughs> early 70s. And so that's what I hope that you will support us. And we appreciate the support that you have given us in the past, letting people know to go down to the city of Rotonda. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a real Houston treasure, Mr. Lorenzo Butler Jr. and the incredible work he does at Friedman's Publishing Company. The Houston Informer. Houston Informer. And at the end of the day, he's just been an incredible historian with tales to tell. <laughs> so with that, we're going to be signing off here. And let me say this, Houston. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ, 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK, 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH, 1230 a.m., The Source. On San Gabriel. Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM and Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.